On this week's episode, we are chatting to a multi-award winning mental health awareness blogger, Jessica Ward, who is the founder of Positively Jessica Ward. And we talk about all things from mental health challenges during COVID-19 to dealing with friends who may be suffering from depression or eating disorders or addiction and just generally kind of advice and tips about how to really look after your head whether it's during the pandemic or after it and what to do best to make sure that you're in the best mental health so have a listen welcome to free and figuring it out a weekly podcast hosted by two Brits, Sherelle Griffith and Verity Brown, on a mission to support, empower and reassure fellow independent millennial women that they can be self-sufficient, successful and seen. This week, we are delighted to have another special guest on the show. Jessica Ward is a multi-award winning mental health awareness blogger, fitness enthusiast and marketer. Her blog began when she was 13 and at this time it was a private online archive to document her life as a teenager struggling with bullying at school. During this time she suffered with difficulties including health, eating disorders, depression, anxiety, confidence and overall well-being. Having hit an all-time low, Jessica realised it was time she needed to make a change. Positively, Jessica Ward was set up as a blog to help others and as a location for all things positive. Welcome, Jessica. Hello and happy whatever day it is during uh, yeah. COVID-19 because I have no clue. <laughs> I don't think any of us do. It's fine. It's fine. The calendar's out the window. <laughs> it's a sunny day and that's the most important thing. <laughs> How are you today? I'm really good, actually. And like you said, the sunshine impacts our mood 100%. So I'm mm. so grateful for that today and every day that we have it. Yeah, 100%. And it means that we get less work done, which is a bit naughty on my part, but never mind. We've all got to just go with the ebbs and flows of life. It'll be raining soon. It's fine. Um, so thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. Um, for people who listen to the podcast regularly, you know, mental health is something that we, we've tapped into over quite a lot of episodes, um, but it's really nice to get someone on who is really an expert within that field um, and is really engaged within that, in that field. So yeah, thank you for, for being that person and coming on and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So I just wanted to start off with, you know, if you could just delve a bit more into about you and how you kind of, you've obviously we've mentioned it in introducing you, but a bit more about how you came to do what you do today um, and just a bit about your journey, really. Okay. So as you mentioned, I started my blog when I was 13 years old. And at this time, it was not something that I wanted anyone to ever find, although it was online, which I didn't realize at the time anyone could access it if they had access to the internet. I wanted this to be a place where I could document my struggles with bullying, attempted suicide, eating disorders, anxiety, which were all these things I actually started to experience when I was 13 years old off the back end of being bullied at school and I decided to do it online because I didn't want my parents to find it in a written diary because I thought you know what if they were to find my struggles in paper form they would probably worry and that was always the worst idea to me 
So I started sharing everything online and created this kind of concept where it was an archive for me that I could delve into in the future if I ever wanted to look back or just to kind of get things off my chest, Mm -hmm. which is the same way with journaling. And I did that for many years. And then I suppose someone found it actually from my school and said, Jess, I've kind of really learned about you by these kind of diary entries online and you should make this a thing you should make this a brand identity at that point I was around it must have been about a year I had been posting online I was about 14 so a brand identity to me I didn't kind of know what that concept was I just knew that it was oh maybe I should just continue to write and maybe share it with a few of my friends but this was all a very much gradual process because I was bullied at school quite a long time in year 10 I was taken out of school to be home home tutored because my health was rapidly declining which is something quite tough for me to talk about but I definitely needed to distance myself from school so I was home tutored till the end of school and which was which was actually worked out really well in the end because I came out with pretty much all A stars because I focused all of my energy on my studies which I couldn't believe because my health was declining at the same time mm-hmm. because of restricting food. I had an exercise addiction and I just really, really struggled with depression, having to come away from what I thought were my friends, but were actually torturing me in a way, which mm-hmm. was really, really hard to come to terms with when I was going through my teens, as well as like puberty and things like that. Your emotions are all over the place. So having to deal with not being accepted was really tough. And just throughout my whole life, I've shared my experiences online, whether that's domestic violence in relationships or whether that's just having a really tough day mentally. How do I overcome that? And yeah, I've just always shared it. I was 16 when I got into my first ever relationship. And for two years, I was mentally abused and blackmailed and made to feel unworthy. And I experienced bullying again, but in a relationship format. And for many years throughout this whole process, I'm 23 now to put things into perspective. um, For many years, I felt completely trapped in my own body. And the suicidal thoughts were always a demon in my mind. And then in 2017, I left my first relationship and soon after won health blogger of the year which was my first um, award as a blogger which was absolutely bizarre that I left something that I thought was really good although I was being mentally abused then left it and then my life changed and my blog literally took off and it was like everyone gravitated towards it from all different walks of life even men and despite my struggles, I've always radiated positivity to others because that's what makes me feel incredible. And now my blog's evolved from an online archive to a hub for all things positive. And then in 2019, I won my first Mental Health Awareness Blogger Award. And I suppose the rest is history, as they would say, because now that's where I am. (laughs) It's amazing. So, yeah, yeah, wow. It's, uh quite a journey um you know in in kind of 23 years to have gone through and I suppose you've been on the kind of path that you're on now for probably a decade you know starting your blog at 13 and and really kind of you know so um and yeah not 
not nice hearing you talk about things you've been through, but um, I'm sure there's some women out there who will really appreciate hearing another woman talk about these things. And I certainly can relate to to some of them. Um, so thank you for sharing that. I think it's it's really powerful and and important. Um, something that that came up is you know obviously you were homeschooled and and people have um start being put into that situation naturally with COVID-19 now so it's lovely to hear that I know it's temporary for most people it's lovely to hear you had such a a kind of positive outcome of that even though I suppose there was a a, a fear and anxiety around that at first because you know it's it's taking you away like you say from what you thought were friends but something me and Sherelle talk about a lot is this you know surrounding yourself with people who will uplift you and inspire you and you you kind of you become like those people and, and stuff like that and sometimes you need to be taken away from that situation to realize oh that was a toxic situation and um you don't always realize same with your relationship and I've had similar you don't always realize how toxic something is until you really step away and then things just start to align and fall into place and you're like oh wow like I had no idea how much of a heaviness that kind of was adding to my life so it's really interesting to hear you speak about those things so thank you definitely in a relationship perspective I mean I was with that person from I think it was about five or six years I was with that individual and it was throughout the whole time of me being a teenager to growing into a woman to experience a period for the first time all of these things and I was with that one person so never really knew who I was as a woman and Mm. what I really liked doing because everything I did was with him Mm. so he became me so then when I left that relationship that's when I fell into an eating disorder and got an exercise addiction because I felt completely out of control of my whole life so I wanted to control something and because I couldn't control my relationship or control everything that seemed like it was falling apart but it was falling together I wanted to control the food I ate or how many times I trained a day and it was all of this kind of vicious circle but it would then led me to something which is so so amazing which at the time you don't realize that when you're going through something really really tough you don't realize it's actually leading you to something better. Yeah I mean I can resonate that so much I think there's so many women that have this thing where when if you've been in a relationship for a long time you have this sort of identity and when you get out of it you don't really know what's happening and you don't know who you are and you're trying to re-find yourself and that is a it can be a difficult thing especially if you are still like mourning that relationship because Mm. you're going through two things which is you may have even if you were the person decided to step away it still is a hard thing emotionally so to be dealing with that and then to feel like you don't know who you are and you're trying to refind yourself um it's something that I imagine lots of people can really resonate with so I think it's um I suppose yeah have you got any advice or like anything that you now that you look back and think obviously you went into some not of the best ways of dealing with it in terms of trying to find yourself but do you have maybe through the work you've been doing now you've got better responses to stuff or anything just for other women who are either at that point where they feel they need to leave um and how you can have the strength to leave or I suppose how to deal with once you've stepped away I think something that's really really important to remember here is that if someone doesn't bring you joy now this can be a friend a best Mm. friend or a partner Mm. if they don't bring you joy 
and to be honest actually my dad taught me this if they don't bring you joy then why have you got them in your life because life is too short to have people that bring bad vibes they bring baggage if you will if that's kind of what you call it they offload onto you they're a freeloader you don't need those people in your life when you need to evolve as a woman and as a person it's really really important to remember that and that's something I've always remembered throughout my life if I actually feel drained from a relationship or from a friendship I have to distance myself from that because I won't succeed and I won't progress in a way that I'm meant to yeah yeah and it's it's um it's such a powerful thing isn't it to kind of know that and own that um but it's also sometimes quite hard to step away isn't it because you well it's going against everything that society has taught us about you know working hard at relationships and this was my thing like I just thought well this relationship isn't great but relationships are meant to be difficult they're meant to be you know um and it just you build this thing in your head don't you of well this is just how it's meant to be and I'll just get on with it and it's only it's like you like you said Jessica the more you get to know yourself the more you kind of find that power within to step away and have a voice and and be confident in surrounding yourself with people who really light you up um and I think anyone who's kind of going through that it's just a process isn't it um and do you have anything you know if someone's listened to this and they're like I know that friend is toxic or I know this relationship isn't good for me do you have any kind of you know tip as to how to really start kind of the wheels in motion of of just stepping away from that I mean I don't think there's any need to be horrible in this situation I'm always very very kind and open with all of my friends and I think actually now when we're social distancing and we're not going through normal times when we go back to normal times how much of normal do you want to go back to how many of those friendships do you want to reconnect with? Because this is a great time now to distance yourself from things that don't bring you joy. So although we're actually social distancing, why don't you use this time to distance yourself from much bigger things? I know I definitely am. And I've found that since being at home, there's certain people that I definitely want to reconnect with. And there's certain people I think, do you know what? kind of drain my batteries a little mm. bit and that's okay because you obviously bring joy to them and that's what they need but sometimes you have to be filling up your own cup in order mm. to kind of pour on to others and if you're not doing that then you can't be the best friend that they perhaps need I think it definitely is knowing when to stand back if you're in a relationship that might be quite difficult I know from when I was in a relationship it was a lot of red flags so it was one argument we might have and then we might, you know, get back together and resolve it. Then another argument might be, he might call me a nasty name, but then we'd get over it because I know he didn't mean it. It was all these kind of toxic thoughts that I would cover up everything. Yeah. Then the next one might be, oh, he might raise his hand to me. He might not touch me, but he'd raise his hand as if he was going to slap me. And I'd go, but he didn't mean it. It was only frustration. And it was all of these things that eventually would progress and could be quite serious where, oh, he might have pushed me down the stairs, but he didn't mean it. You know, he loves me. He didn't mean it. It was only a mistake. All of these things, when you know deep down in your gut, it's not mm. right. Yeah, and I think I think that intuition 
as a woman is and you know we're all on our own journey with intuition but I think it's the earlier you can tap into that and really make it your best friend the better because it's it's our kind of strongest guiding point really isn't it um and yeah I know that mine has helped me so so much um and something that I kind of want to talk about with you is how you have made this gorgeous connection between positivity and mental health because if you go onto Jessica's Instagram it's really beautiful it's and it's not what I like about it is it's not like let's all be positive and not think about anything negative in our lives it's just really kind of balancing the two so the way that you approach things has this gorgeous like you say this kindness and positivity but you're still very open about the things that aren't going so well or the challenges that you're having and I think that keeps it really relevant and accessible to people so can you just kind of go into a bit more about you know how important that is that that combination of of the two things for you I think what I've learned throughout life, and this is where the kind of positive element came from, was that everything I have ever experienced, positive or negative, has always taught me something. So that's a real big positive for me. So whether it has been a breakup or whether it has been kind of bereavement in the family or it might have been my eating disorder, all of these things have made me learn and grow as a person. They've made me stronger. They've made me more resilient. And I think that's what I've really learned is that everything is temporary. Even the good times are temporary. So we have to make the most Mm. of them. But even the bad times are temporary. Nothing lasts Mm. forever. When you have an anxious thought, you know, it will soon be over. It might last a little while, but it will soon go. And then something will take its place. It might be something good. It might be something bad. And just really accepting that it's okay not to be okay. That's something I've really struggled with from being a teenager. Thinking I'm being judged for maybe being depressed or being anxious or not wanting to go to that social event because I just don't want to go. It's about really accepting how I feel. And again, going back to there's a lesson in everything we experience. Mm, And Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big, we, we're, um, we're totally <laughs> me and sure <laughs> yeah and no and I think it's I think it's interesting because I think it's easy if we're really honest we actually learn I think more from things that are bad than good it's very easy with good things to just keep riding that wave and um being in the moment and it's actually sometimes when things go wrong and if you really look at it I think it's quite interesting that you were saying like you started this journey of of, of blogging from a trying to release it and not want anyone to find it because I you know I think both of us would say we've spoken about journaling on the podcast before and we really do believe it's a great way of finding yourself but also like writing down the lessons that you are learning to be able to reflect back like actually something I'm trying to do quite a lot at the moment is try and remember everything I'm learning right now and being like how do I take that back as you said when we go back to normal life um what have we learned one thing I would be interested in is Obviously, you shared the fact that it was meant to be a private, um, like, blogs. They were meant to be for you just to look back on. And that now you've been very open about your life in a public forum. And just a bit about, I suppose, how that's evolved and how that makes you feel. And given that you talk about some very personal things in it, how, like, how you've found, I suppose, 
how you feel about just being this public thing. I know I was thinking, especially when you said like you've been in a relationship and you've been with someone quite a long time and they knew you were in it. And I remember reading like about Dolly Alderton talking about the fact she was really open about being single. And then when she starts to date people, it's awkward. And I'm like, as women that are in the public domain, and I know there's people that listen to us that are also in the public domain, it's always a constant battle. So I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that since you're so personal. I think sometimes I definitely feel there's an element of, do people actually even read this? <laughs> like I must admit, I do think that sometimes. I think, do people actually read this? Does anyone even benefit? And sometimes I've wanted to throw the towel in with my blog because mm. I think no one's benefiting. But the people that do benefit might not want to reach out and admit that they're going through the same things. They just kind of like passers by. Absolutely. They acknowledge what you're posting yeah. and they really benefit, but don't have the confidence to speak up. For me, it has been difficult sharing my relationship, but I just know so many people would benefit from listening because I know that when I was going through that at such a young age, I wish I had something to read. And even now, going through kind of like my 20s and into my 30s, I still want that. So I hope other people do it as well so that I can continue to learn off others. I definitely understand that aspect of going into a new relationship. And everyone's like, oh, I wonder what she goes through now. Or <laughs> is it going to happen again? Will she share all of it? So I do keep elements of it very, very private. Yeah. Because it's my private life. However, I do definitely share the things that I feel not obliged to share, but I have that gut feeling of maybe you should share this. It might make you feel a little bit better about the situation you're going through. Yeah. And I actually read your uh, went on your website, read uh, your blog, and there was an one that you'd written about um, going to a therapist, and like, and and it's interesting. I've just started seeing a therapist, and I had a session yesterday, and I'm finding them very heavy. Like they're very in, like they're needed, but oh, they're heavy. And I finished my session. You mentioned about having some time after just to digest and stuff like that and I finished my session I went and read a book for a bit and then I um tried to do some work and then I just went and napped for two hours because I just I it drained me so much and it was just it's so nice to to read what you said because you know I don't I've not really spoken to any of my friends about that you know and it sometimes you think is that normal like am I being lazy like so it's I think in that sense um many women read your blog and just really think you know thank you for sharing this and making me feel like other people do this or feel the same way or whatever I think that's a really important part of what you do thank so, you I thank think you. what I always want to <laughs> radiate is honesty of course positivity but it's got to be that honesty and that realism because people can I mean at school people thought my life was perfect and that's where the bullying came from and the same within my relationship he thought my life was perfect and same with many many friendships I've been in different corporate worlds of work and they've thought the same that my life was perceived as perfect and never really knew me until maybe they read my blog and then realized, mm -hmm. oh wow, like she's normal. She goes through different things. She might have blonde hair and blue eyes and makes a bit of an effort with her appearance. And she goes to the gym and she does all of these things and eats smoothie bowls and drinks green juices. But actually she's human and she goes through really difficult things. And I think that's what separates me and makes me kind of connect with others a little bit more. 
And I think that's an important point. It's about that judgment we all have, isn't it? Of people, which can be such a dangerous thing, but it's so natural for us to do it. And, you know, do you have any advice for people who it, they really do judge people on first appearances or like, do you have any advice for people who want to start being that little bit more open-minded and really, you know, understanding that we are all human and we all have the things that we're dealing with inside? think what it is is no one's life is picturesque as we think it is no matter mm-hmm. what kind of social media page we might browse on we could even be walking down the street and literally judge someone within seconds of looking at them because of what they're wearing I think what I really need the viewers or the listeners to understand is that no matter who we meet we truly don't know what they're going through so a kind word goes a really really long way mm-hmm. I mean think about them as if it was you, you would never want someone to think certain things about you. So please be aware of that because I know from my personal experience, I might've had a nasty word on social media, which is fine. You get the good with the bad. But I know people from judging me and then they've got to know me. They thought, Oh wow, you've gone through a lot, Jess, but they don't realize that because it's not all shining around our aura. As we walk down the road, mm-hmm. my previous relationship isn't hovering above my head or my mm-hmm. eating disorder. So no one knows because we're all great at covering it up. Oh, yeah. We're all masters yeah. of doing that, aren't we? <laughs> Absolutely <Yeah>. experts. <laughs> now you mentioned the fact that obviously when it comes to new people, when you're walking down the street, we have no idea what's actually happened in their life. But sometimes you might know something you might know someone has been honest with you but like how do you deal with that so you know I it's interesting obviously you mentioned about having an eating disorder I did a dance degree so I did have a fair few friends when I was uh, in, up until like a 21 that did have um, eating disorders and I definitely have had friends over the last 10 years of being a proper adult that I know have had mental health issues of some things and like friends that have gone to therapy and I suppose all these things where you know something else is happening in their life but what is the best way to try and be supportive and to be there for them so I think the first thing to definitely mention here because I've definitely got some tips to share on this is if you aren't a medical expert don't try and be a counsellor don't make Mm -hmm. assumptions or jump too quickly to a diagnosis because that's not what you're there for you're there to be a friend and I think I've definitely experienced that trying to be this incredible superhero friend who can like diagnose them I've done it in the past and it doesn't work and it's not the best way to go about things so I think something that's really helped me when I've opened up to friends is letting that person share as much or as little as they want to. So let them lead discussions if it is about a particular subject, let them go at their own pace. And really opening up about something takes a lot of courage and trust. So you might actually be the first person that they open up to. So please just be kind of really empathic, but also listen and keep, another thing would be to keep questions open-ended. So keep language very, very neutral. So rather than saying, I can see that you're feeling really low or wow, you've lost a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. They're not the great things to say because they can be quite triggering. Instead, you could be like, why don't you tell me how you're feeling or hey, how are you feeling? That type of thing. Keeping it really neutral so that it doesn't feel like you're imposing on them and give the person time to answer. I know from people who used to say to me, wow, you've lost loads of weight. You look great. But actually... I was not 
Mm. I mean, I was six stone and couldn't sleep, but they didn't know that. It's also about maybe sharing with them about well-being. So if they are perhaps addicted to exercise, it might be like, oh, maybe you could go for a walk with me or that type of thing, really trying to not take them away from their addiction because sometimes we do need that and we have to slowly wean ourselves off it. But talk to them maybe about how they can de-stress. So it might be, oh, instead of like working out, why don't you try something else to like de-stress, like meditation or we could like go to a yoga flow together or we could do a yoga flow at home, something that's a bit more gentle on the body Mm. and see if they can reap benefits that way. Another thing would be, like I said, to really listen carefully to what they're telling you. So when you speak back to them, repeat what they've said to you to show that you have been empathic and that you've really listened. So it might just be reframing it slightly to show them that you know how they feel and showing them that you respect their feelings. It's really, really important. But of course, like we all know, we can pour ourselves so much onto other people. We need to know our own limits. So if you are listening to this, you're trying to help someone who's got an eating disorder or suffering from depression or maybe even be addicted to something you can signpost them to help but you really need to keep your own cup of self-care topped Mm. up to make sure that you can support them in the best way possible because if you're pouring so much energy out you might be the person that needs help by the end of it yeah not them and I suppose one thing just given the current situation because I do think now is going to be a time that because people are spending more time by themselves it's possible for things to be um like gathering more momentum I suppose and realistically because their routines have been messed up and they're not maybe getting as much like they're not maybe going to work they're spending more time by themselves is if you know of people that historically you would actually get to see and now you're not able to see them any ways that you can just try and be of a support whilst you're away from each other I definitely think checking in with people. I mean, I do that every day, checking in with them, whether it's sending an uplifting message, maybe saying to them, hey, should we like have a catch up over FaceTime? If they have an eating disorder, they might not want to have lunch over FaceTime because they might feel that you're judging them for what they eat. But you might be like, hey, why don't we have like a cup of tea or a drink over FaceTime and we'll catch up. Making sure that those language barriers are completely taken away and letting that person choose how they wish to be supported however I know from my own experience sometimes I don't always I might not always reply to that person or I might just Mm, think oh get off my back you know leave me alone I need my own space or you might just want your own space I mean and it's about having that space and then just being there for them whether you just send them a love heart to show Mm. that you're there that type of thing yeah it's just, I think it's really hard at the moment isn't it because I totally understand this idea of you don't want to feel like you're on your back and I think if you're someone who feels that people are checking in with you it can it can keep going but obviously especially I have I know some people at the moment that are living by themselves and I know that they have mental health um issues and problems in the past or now so it's just that feeling of like wanting to be supportive and be there but obviously we're all going through a hard time so um that was really helpful thank you of course and I think what's really important is that we're not going through normal times right now so we can't expect people to be normal and situations to be normal and our emotions to be normal so you might reach out to someone and they might get frustrated, but that's because what we're going through is not normal. So we can't have normal expectations right now. 
Yeah, and I think from the the other side of being someone who has mental health challenges, which is kind of something that I'm going through, you know, I, I have depression at the minute. So I kind of, you know, it's nice hearing the, the advice you're given, but from like, you know, my point of view, I sometimes see these messages that fill my heart with so much happiness, but I literally just cannot reply. Like I just, I can't find the words or I just don't have the energy. And it's like you said, it's for the person who's reaching out to, you know kind of just just be aware that it's nothing personal <laughs> like you know that person probably greatly appreciates you reaching out but you know I have found digital communication has ramped up uh during COVID-19 and as an introvert I cannot handle it <laughs> like it's a bit too much for me because I'm quite happy not having all this contact so um I think again it's just really respecting like you said everyone's own boundaries and ways of processing and dealing and um and something that I kind of you know wanted to delve a bit deeper into is you know what are your kind of top tips or advice around you know dealing with mental health challenges or even just maintaining good mental health um, during COVID-19? Because I think the thing is, I mean, Sherelle spoke about this, you know, there's no real end in sight. And I think that is a huge catalyst for anxiety and, and just it's quite disturbing to us not knowing when normality will resume. And people may have had current mental health challenges and gone into COVID-19 and it's heightened, or they may never had mental health challenges and all of a sudden this sort of situation has brought it up to the surface. So I just wondered, you know, what what would you advise to someone who's listening and is, is probably struggling at the minute? I think the first thing to mention here is that right now I kind of want the listeners to this is not the time for self-sabotage it's not the time for guilt it's not the time for perfection and it's okay not to be okay so I just need to outline that first that everything we're going through is completely valid but when it comes back to it could like you said someone could be going through a feeling they might not know it's depression or anxiety because they've never had it before let's say mm. and they're thinking gosh I feel a bit strange you know I don't feel my usual self but I think it's about also identifying people that do need that help that are perhaps on medication so there's something that I have to mention is if you do take medication for your mental health make sure that you have access to that you are still a valued patient like everyone else you're still valued by the NHS or whoever you get your medication from it's really important that you have that and if you don't have that that's fine but that's something I definitely have to mention which I'm sure you guys would respect that mm. that medic I think a lot of people have reached out to me over social media and said you know I, I take medication but I I haven't got the coronavirus so I'm not a valid patient I don't need like I shouldn't really be asking for therapy through the NHS or reaching out for like real help through this time and it's like yeah you should because you're still a valued patient and the NHS always say that you're still a valued patient, whether you've got COVID or not, you're still mm. valued. Another thing that I've learned through this time is the news intake. At first, I was really watching the news. I wanted to be on top of it, you know, ticking all the boxes and making yeah. sure I knew what was coming. However, that is so anxiety inducing. And this is where people might feel that strange feeling after watching the news of the kind of tightness of the chest. 
kind of the racing thoughts, what's going to happen next, what's going to happen tomorrow. I better tune in at 5 p.m. Yeah. UK time and make sure that I'm on top. Whereas now I make sure all the information, if I do want to watch the news, I might dip in and out of trusted sources. So whether that's like the Boris Johnson official Instagram or there's a really good Instagram page called Simple Politics. And I think it's brilliant. They kind of, everything in bullet point format. It's really, really positive. Sometimes it actually makes me giggle because they kind of reframe things. And I check in on that every day here and there. And I share it with my family because we don't watch the news. Um, And of course, the whole process of facts minimize fears. So making sure that everything you read is a fact and limiting this time of news intake to one to two times a day. Don't do it before bed when you're trying to switch off, please, because it does not work. Mm. And actually you think that you can, I mean, if you're like me, you'll get into bed at what 11 PM, whatever time it is and think all of a sudden you can control the world and be the next prime minister. Mm. And that won't work. I think <laughs> you're, I definitely know. <laughs> you're so, so right about the news intake. Like, I think it's actually really, I think it's really quite bad that the, in the UK the updates at five o'clock because it sort of was like people are finishing their work day and then they'd watch it and then it's that's on your on you for the whole evening when actually yeah. that like you said that should be a time when you've been like chilling out and I've like totally stopped but um listening to everything and I just said I told my mum when we're allowed to go back outside let me know when I'm allowed if I'm not allowed to go for a run <laughs> or my hour of exercise let me know but I was like actually there is nothing if you're, I was like I'm following the rules so they're the only two things I need to know now is if I'm not allowed out for that hour and if I'm allowed out again that's it but I think like you said if you could find one source like this, this like Instagram that you follow seems really interesting. Like, if you can just find one source that you can just check once a day, so you are informed and you are getting the facts, but it's not overwhelming your whole life. I think that's a really like a good way of trying to look at it. Definitely. And then, of course, going back to routine, what we mentioned is our routines have changed, but this doesn't mean that we give up and quit. It just means we have to adapt and mm-hmm. kind of curve around what's going on. So routine is actually really essential for our identity, our self-confidence, our purpose in life. They're really, really important. They're kind of what keep us grounded. They keep us focused and they elevate us to really achieve our purpose in life. So whether that's having something each day that brings you a little bit of value that you can make sure adds structure to your day. So whether it's like having breakfast at a certain time or getting showered at the certain time or making your bed every morning or FaceTiming someone every day or sending a text to someone, having this kind of element of routine. I know right now it's going to be really difficult for some people to even just get out of bed and motivate themselves. They probably just want to get straight back under the duvet and be like, hey, wake me up when this is all over. But actually it's having that element of real value because right now we really need to be grateful for the small things which are actually really big things like the weather Mm. outside the fresh air the connections that we have all of these things and also in the routine element is keeping appointments if you have a doctor's appointment or a therapist appointment try and keep them if they're going to benefit you I know you might not want to you might just think you know what this therapist appointment is so not worth my energy actually you feel much much better after it Mm. so it's keeping these elements of routine and of course keeping it manageable 
Yes, I think that's the key, isn't it? Sherelle's a lover of routine. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, well, I have routine in a sense. Like I have a book that I'm reading at the minute that has, it's basically interviewing different people and each chapter is like three pages long. So every morning I make a cup of tea and I read about one of the people. Yeah. And that's like, I have that in the morning and then I have other bits that I want to do throughout the day. Um, but yeah, it's I, I do think routine is important. I just struggle more with routine than Sherelle. Sherelle, you find it really helpful, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I just think it's because I'm not someone, I think a lot of people like variety and I'm, I'm not as bothered about variety, which is why I think I'm just good at routine and just getting up and doing the same thing every day. But actually now I've been really honest, which is trying to change my routine at the moment and also doing the same thing every day in a way has helped to make this blur the days because mm. I, so actually I don't necessarily believe like your routine necessarily will be absolutely the same but I think it's about a few key things that are like the things that make you human and things I think was really interesting when you were saying like how it is about your identity and if you normally are a runner I'm just like you need to keep running because that's what you do like when we first started I realized that um because I wasn't commuting I wasn't reading as much and I'm a reader that's actually part of my identity and I, I took like 10 days to get that back into my life and as soon as I did that, I feel like I've been in such a better place. So I think it's not necessarily about having this big elaborate routine, but if you've managed to lose something that's normally so part of your identity, it's trying to just make sure you're still doing those activities as much as if you're able to, because I think it's that which will make the difference. Like don't go from someone who normally has a shower every day to never showering again. And like, or like, no, because I've, I spoke to someone recently, I think they only think they had a shower for four days. And I was like, you'd never oh. do that in normal life. And if you are someone who, but do you know what I mean? Like I've not been wearing any makeup and I've been totally happy about that because I'm like, this is a chance for me to breathe. But if you're someone who normally likes that process of doing your face and then you feel ready for the day, if you do that and that makes you feel happier about going out and even not going out, but just to then have your day, I'm like, do it. Do you know what I mean? That's where yeah. I think the difference is. It's about trying to identify the things that make you feel like you and making sure that you're probably maybe having to force yourself to do them and get that back, that routine element. That's what I think is really important right now. It's so funny. I put perfume on for this podcast and my girlfriend was like, they can't smell you. I'm like, I, yeah, but still, like, I want to feel. <laughs> no, exactly. So I, I, I've been doing the same that for Thursday night and Friday night and Saturday night. I have like Zoom drinks, and I have been putting perfume on. And I don't Monday to Thursday, Wednesday because I'm just doing work. But I'm like, if I was going out in the evening, that's what I would do. And if that's what, like, that is our our way of being like a little bit like normal or still making ourselves feel special. Like, I think it's very easy to be like just because we're not going outside to not make the effort and sometimes we are mm. doing it obviously a bit for outside but it makes us feel happier as well so I think don't lose all of that just because we're in this inside <laughs> in the same four walls <laughs> definitely <laughs> I love it. I think, oh Jessica um, it's yeah sorry continue um I was just going to say another thing that's really helped me is reframing my thoughts so this is called like cognitive reframing so challenging the anxious thoughts and kind of replacing them with positive ones. So this will be something that we might experience a lot now, which is, wow, I feel really overwhelmed. I've just watched the news. Gosh, the world is ending. That's what it feels like. And we can connect all these thoughts together. And then all of a sudden it feels like everything is falling apart. But actually it's about reframing that with something like, I will be okay. Actually, I'm going to be okay. 
maybe I just need a break from what I'm reading. I just need a break to gather my thoughts. Another thing might be, wow, I feel really alone. And I know people are messaging me, but wow, I feel really alone. And it's like, no, you're actually really loved. Even if it's just by one person, everyone is loved and we are completely connected with others. It's about really taking it back and sitting where you are and being completely mindful of the process that you're going through. So it could even be like putting your makeup on. You might be having these thoughts and then thinking, no, I'm putting this makeup on because I'm completely worthy of this and it makes me feel damn good. So I'm going to do it. Not, oh, I probably shouldn't be putting this on because I'm only sitting at home and I'm totally not worthy of doing this. You know, all of these things is about reframing them so that they make you feel really good. I think that's what we're our own biggest cheerleader right now. So we really need to level that up. Definitely, definitely. Amazing. Thank you. That it, There's been so many good bits in there that I think will really, really help people no matter what they're going through. So thank you. And before you leave us, we would like to ask you our guest questions, if that's okay. So um, we'll start off with, uh, what is the definition of free to you? Okay, so I think for me, is something that I'm still learning now is feeling completely at peace in your body and being accepting of every imperfection, no matter what you're going through, whether it's pregnancy or post-pregnancy or gaining weight, losing weight, being completely accepting of everything. If you have surgery, maybe your post-op, all of these things, accepting everything mm. to do with your body. Mm, great. Yeah. Still working on that. <laughs> yeah, definitely working on that. And what is your favorite thing to do on your own? Getting a sweat on and switching <laughs> off from that damn world. I tell you what, I love it. And just getting the endorphins going. It doesn't have to be like a hardcore weightlifting workout, which is usually what I do. It might just be literally lead on my floor <laughs> and listening to some yoga or meditation or that type of thing, but really moving my body away mm. from everything. Yes, sounds good. It's good to connect with our bodies, isn't it? And again, it's something I'm working on every day. Um, what is the best piece of advice that you have for the millennial women that are listening to this podcast? I would say don't compromise yourself because you've all you've got and really love the woman that you've become because you've really fought to become her and you've really challenged different things to become the woman that you are. So put yourself first. Mm, lovely. And which resource, it could be like a book, a documentary, podcast, etc. are you always recommending to other people? Now, this was something that I actually struggled with because I don't read a lot, actually. I, I suppose I read a lot online. I'm very digital. But I think for me, what would be something that I would just recommend in general is speaking up and seeking help and going down every avenue you can go down to see what works for you, whether that's therapy or listening to a certain podcast, whether it's this one, <laughs> um, reading a book, but just seeking help in any way that you can in whichever way works for you. Yeah, yeah completely agree and finally what is the thing that you are still trying to figure out I do you know what I think about this all the time I think what is life going to be like after COVID-19 mm. that is something I'm still trying to figure out and I don't think we ever will because we'll just 
go back to how things, well, we won't go back to how things were, but we will definitely elevate and go somewhere better. Mm, yeah hopefully it's a lovely way (laughs) (laughs) a lovely way to look at it and uh yeah a great kind of note to to finish on so thank you Jessica it's been a great great episode where can people find you so they can get a bit more of, of what you do so I post on Instagram every single day and that's over at positively Jessica Ward and on there you'll be able to find all my links to Facebook and Twitter but my blog is positivelyjessicaward.com nice and simple you'll find right. me over on there as well lovely well, we'll pop those in the show notes so thank you so much for your time and energy today yeah, thank you jessica and uh yeah we i'm sure we'll we'll maybe have a, a post-covid catch-up and see how we're all doing uh mental health wise but yeah thank you so much and uh we'll see you soon thank you Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Free and Figuring It Out. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss the next instalment. And if you want to be a superstar, please leave us a review. Or you can get in touch with us. Drop us an email at freeandfiguringitout at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time.